Joining me is Eric Slater. My name is Chris Carroll, and this is Comic Zombie. I freeze. I'm Batman. Ah! Motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate over here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Comic Zombie. I am your host, Chris, and with me, as usual, is my co-host, Eric. How's it going, Eric? Just terrible. All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about... Uh, a couple of stories that for a very long time uh, have been something I've been wanting to, to cover on here, and we've touched on uh, little bits of it here and there, but we're going to be talking about two of the most famous X-Men comics that have ever been published, uh, X-Men The Dark Phoenix Saga and X-Men Days of Future Past. Both are written by the legendary Chris Claremont, <laughs> and both are drawn uh, by the legendary John Byrne with inks by Terry Austin. This is a power couple, man. This is like the one of the best creative teams in Marvel Comics history, in my point of view. Oh, like, like without how question. How would you rank them compared to like like uh, Stanley and and Kirby or like? Well, I, you can't you can't beat Lee and Kirby just for because they basically built the Marvel right, Universe right, right, or Lee right. and Ditko. But I think those are like the, I don't know if anyone's ever going to touch quite the level that those did, um, but. These guys are way up there. They come close in my book. And and part of that's because no name has ever been bigger in X-Men than Chris Claremont. Oh, he wrote yeah. the book for almost 15 years. Oh, yeah. Um, and wrote more X-Men issues than anyone's ever going to come close to writing. He built the canon. Yes. He basically single-handedly came up with all the coolest elements that we're still using today in the comics. You know, Right. Like, he didn't create all the characters, he, yeah. but he did create a lot of characters. And he created almost everything about most of the characters that people like kind of grab onto. Right. So he took some characters that were kind of D list and then he made them cool, you know? Right. Uh, well, and, and John Byrne, obviously, uh, both of them, like Chris wrote X-Men forever. And John, yeah. when he left X-Men because they had some creative differences and they're, you know, a little too similar, I think. Yeah. And they're both very stubborn and it just kind of clashed. I could see uh, but Byrne went on to write and draw Fantastic Four. And it's one of the, another one of Marvel's all time great runs. I still got to read those. I've read like one or two issues from that run. And I really liked what uh, I read. John Byrne's yeah. FF is right up there with, with Stan and Jack and Jonathan Hickman and Mark Wade. Like it's one of the greatest runs, uh, but we're not talking about FF today. <laughs> we're talking X-Men. Yeah. Now, there are a billion X-Men stories I could talk about, but I, the and reason, have. yes, and I will continue <laughs> to do so. Yeah. Uh, but the reason I chose Dark Phoenix is weirdly enough, this is the, basically the first X-Men comic that either one of us ever read. Oh yeah. This is literally the first graphic novel I ever got. Like when I was first getting into comics, which we've talked about before, uh, this was the first, like this, it was like this and Watchmen were like some of the first graphic novels I read and I was hooked, man. It was like this. Uh, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns. Like I got the best of everything, and it was at, it was, was it accident. Hush was in there too. It right? was by accident. Hush was very early on as well. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is another so. great Batman story. And I, the thing with those, those I read those as the issues came out because that's oh, when I was yeah, getting yeah. into yeah, comics. Okay. It's like two thousand three, um, two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was you know one of those things. But like I was really into the first X Men movie, and I was like, I I got to give the comics a try. You know, the actual comics because there were some spinoff comics from the movies that kind of got my interest at first. Yeah, movie tie-ins. Yeah, the movie tie-ins, which weren't bad at the time, uh, but this like really 
I don't know. There was something about it, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, my my exposure to it was I I was familiar with the X-Men because of, like, cartoons. Mm. Um, And they had, like, an appearance on, uh, like, an old Spider-Man cartoon. And um, they had, I want to say I had seen Pride of the X-Men. Oh, the uh, the unreleased pilot. Or yeah, the well, pilot. yeah, the rejected pilot. Where, where Wolverine's Australian, right? Well, other it. other than a voice acting choice or two, it's easily the best X Men cartoon that's ever been made. It's just the voice acting and some sound effects are really outdated, especially like Eric mentioned, uh, Australian Wolverine, which, which actually, is I don't I don't hate it. It's just a choice. It's so weird that it's the a guy that ended up being synonymous with Wolverine is Australian. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. It's yeah. so weird. Oh, wow, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I was familiar with the x-men but like you my first my first or second actually my second my first graphic novel was the uh the new ff Mm. um which i think i'd mentioned way back in like episode two or three um but my first second graphic novel my first x-men comic was the dark phoenix saga which is the copy we're holding right now with the uh the bill sinkevich cover uh so if you it's probably the most famous collected edition of dark phoenix which is the same one you have too Oh yeah, it's the same exact volume. Yeah, and this is the uh, same cover. I've I've had this copy since like 1988. Oh oh really? I didn't know it went back that far. Something like that. Maybe uh, maybe 90. So the one I have, it's got the same exact cover. I think it's it might be a later print of it, but yeah, it looks exactly the same. It's, it, yeah. it's got that painted cover. Bill Sinkavich, man, Bill, yeah, just like absolute genius. It's but, gorgeous, man, and it looks like larger than life. It reminds me of like one of the old Star Wars posters. Yeah, he has like, a very Drew Struzan look to some of his art. What it reminds me of, yeah, Drew Struzan, uh, the guy that does all those movie posters yeah. from our childhood, but. The Excalibur poster. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It looks just yeah, like Yeah, it that. does look like the Excalibur yeah. poster. <laughs> In the best way. So, and, and the coolest thing... Sorry, I, I hate to, like, focus so much on this, but, like, there's that image of Cyclops, like, shouting as, like, his... Uh, beam goes straight beam up. Beam goes straight yeah. up. It's it split, really It splits cool. the image. It's yeah. really cool. And you got Phoenix in and the Phoenix center. Phoenix in the center. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. I always thought the image of Colossus with his arms raised was cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, nowadays, of course, it would just be like Wolverine in the fucking middle and everybody else surrounding him. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, the story is is um, a lot of people are somewhat familiar with it because it's been adapted in a number of different media. But, oh, yeah. um, but basically, For better or worse. Yeah. So we're gonna I'm gonna briefly summarize the comic and. Um, you know, spoilers for a 40 something year old story. Should, should we start by talking about the background of the Phoenix prior to this storyline? Right. Well, that's what I was going to get to oh, is okay, the, the okay. story opens up in like the middle of the larger narrative. Yeah. So basically the idea was it, back in like X-Men issue 101, uh, Jean Grey saves the team and in a situation where she should have died. Right. And a cosmic entity like heard her psychic distress call where she was just like kind of a psychic death scream almost yeah. and was curious about her and latched itself onto her mm. promising her like a restored life and much more power. And so Jean, the X-Men crash land in the, in the, the Harbor and yeah. all floating in the water at night, screaming for Jean looking for her, and then the Phoenix pops up out of the water. It's the famous right. cover. It's an awesome image. So over the next 20-something issues, Jean 
slowly shows more and more and more power to the point where it seems like there's no limit to the amount of power she has. Well, and like Xavier's starting to get nervous, if I remember correctly. He's very like, worried. Because she's like way more powerful than anything she, they've ever encountered. Well, and, and she keeps doing things that seem like they're impossible and mm-hmm. she doesn't like it's no big deal and it freaks everybody out. Yeah. Like she changes the molecules of her clothes to be a different yeah. clothes and everyone's like, what the There's fuck? some crazy like next level sci-fi stuff going on. Like She's controlling like 12 people at once telepathically making them all like do different things and it's yeah. like how in just the world casually not even thinking twice about it right know? so yeah. the whole idea that claremont had with this was they wanted to give a regular well i mean not ordinary human she's a superhero mm. but uh, a regular mortal mm. the powers of a god like a thor or right. a silver surfer but without the stations of the cross necessary to show that she's worthy of that power it's a good point she's struggling with it as the story begins But what we slowly learn is that she's also being, unbeknownst to her, psychically manipulated by a group called the Hellfire Club. Oh, yeah. Now, these guys are new villains for this story, and they very quickly become some of the biggest villains in the history of the X-Men because of this story. Yeah, this is the only good Hellfire Club storyline I could think of. I mean, there's a handful of good ones, but this sure. is definitely the, the biggest impact one they've had. This is the best one, and it's the first one. So the Hellfire Club is a, it's like an old-timey secret society full of yes. super rich people. Yes. But this story focuses on the inner circle of the Hellfire Club, which is all mutants. Right. And one cyborg. I, but One uh, quick side note I want to mention, even though I love the movie first class i i really didn't like what they did with the hellfire club because it wasn't it's not it's not the hellfire Club. it was its own thing it's just a different thing yeah they just put the name on like all the fox men movies when they decided to make it their own thing it's significantly inferior to the source material it's like if you're gonna use him use him you know like anyways that's all i i I kind of like that sebastian shaw he just wasn't sebastian shaw he was like a different character kevin bacon's awesome in that movie but Yeah. yeah My mutant power absorbs the energy you use against me. The inner circle is not so easily defeated. <laughs> so, so anyway, the uh, the inner circle here. We are introduced to the main players, which is Sebastian Shaw, mm-hmm. who is uh, like a captain of industries. He looks like a regular human, so he, a lot of people don't even know he's a mutant. Right. His power is to absorb kinetic energy, mm-hmm. meaning like if you punch him, it doesn't hurt him. Yeah. He absorbs that energy and it just makes him stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So he's like the last guy in the world you want to get in a fist fight with. Right. Because you just literally takes that and then uses it. You literally people. cannot beat him in a fist fight. Yeah. Um, so then you've also got Emma Frost introduced here, which is a huge deal. Yeah. She's come on to be one of the biggest characters in the history of the X-Men and has been a member of the X-Men for 20 years now. And can we just talk about her outfit? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like a, the the Hellfire Club is weird for like early '80s Marvel comic. They snuck yeah. a lot of like S and M stuff in. The, dude, this the yeah. women are all in like bustiers and un, like panties and like thigh high boots it, and they stuff. They got away and, with some stuff. And yeah, they're all like dressed like dominatrixes and I, shit. I'm not mad about it. Let's just put it that way. Like I, I got to this at the right age, and I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I mean, I was already into the comic for different reasons, right. but that like elevated. It didn't hurt. Yeah, it didn't hurt. <laughs> the Jean Grey outfit is oh. still like Ooh. wow. Anyways, that's, that's a whole thing. But I just I tell had, you what, yeah, I just had eleven to, to eleven year old out. Chris really liked the I, the Black Queen costume. I that just want to give. High five to John Byrne for that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're introduced to the Hellfire Club, and we learn that um, they are using one of their members, a guy named Jason Wingard, the mastermind, who is actually an old-timey 
Brotherhood of Evil Mutants villain That's from right. the Stanley Jack Kirby comics. Right. Now, the mastermind's power is to uh, project illusions, kind of like Mysterio, mm-hmm. but they're telepathic illusions. Yeah, Mysterio uses tech, doesn't right. he, typically? Yeah. Whereas yeah. this guy like can literally make you see shit. He yes. can make you hallucinate. Right. I always thought that was terrifying. It is a terrifying power. a really power. great concept, and they haven't done much with it since then. Well, because at the end of the story, he's basically nerfed forever. Yeah. But So, he has been psychically basically seducing Jean Grey yep. uh, because the Hellfire Club wants the Phoenix's power for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And Which so he has been sneaking into Jean's subconscious and creating scenarios that she thinks are memories of a past life. Yeah. Revolutionary times where he they're, right, married, they're a married right. couple. Yeah, yeah. It's like and a Jean Austen novel She keeps like snapping back into the present with the feeling that like, mm. so, like, like she's missing something. Right. And um, that was cool. So basically, the the X-Men kind of get home after this long ordeal fighting this guy Proteus, which is a whole other story, but it's like one of their most taxing fights they've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, They get back to the mansion, and Professor X tells them that Cerebro, their mutant-detecting machine, Mm -hmm. uh, has detected two new mutants. Yeah. Right, I remember this. Sorry. Right, so the X-Men split up. Cyclops, Phoenix, and Nightcrawler go to New York to see uh, who ends up being Dazzler. That's right. Dazzler was introduced in yes. the storyline. Yeah. Meanwhile, Colossus, Night, uh, excuse me, Colossus, Storm, and Wolverine mm. go with Professor X to recruit Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride, yeah. Who's also introduced in this story. So right away, we're introduced to Sebastian Shaw, Kitty Pride, Emma That's Frost, nice. and Dazzler, yeah. who are all mainstay for the last Huge. 40 years X-Men characters. Huge. Uh, Dazzler, of course, being probably the bottom of that list. But right. still like a big name. You know, at, in the, what was this, the 70s? In the, in the well, early 80s. Early she was 80s. big in the 80s, which is weird because she was meant for the 70s. Meant for the 70s, um, for sure. She's, but yeah. she, I love Dazzler. I've always loved Dazzler. She's a cool She character. works in this book. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, she really fits this. So, um, well, all right. Basically, while their uh, X-Men okay. are out recruiting these members, they're both away teams are attacked by Hellfire Club goons in... Uh, what's called mandroid armor, which is usually used by S.H.I.E.L.D. They have these, like, masks, They're right? big metal robot suits, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Wolverine's team loses. Yeah. And Emma Frost and her her goons kidnap those X-Men. Right. Unbeknownst to them, Shadowcat, using her phasing powers, yep. sneaks along for the ride. Um, I do want to point out real quick about Shadowcat. I thought it was really clever introducing her the way they did, because... As a new reader, even yes. though it was halfway through the storyline, this is a great jumping on point. It's actually pretty early. It's only like the second issue of the story, but yeah. It, but yeah, like the whole Phoenix saga as a whole, I yes, guess. Like yeah. it's halfway through, and this is a really great like in- intro character because she doesn't know what the fuck's going on, so everything has to be explained to her at times. Right, and it's so funny that the way the story yeah. got collected included that near the beginning of the story because yeah. it works for so many new readers. Right. Which I don't think was on purpose because back then there was no. just every issue was like its own thing. No, but I thought that was that was great because this happened to be my first like yeah, it worked X-Men. out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. a lot of people, Kitty Pride is their first POV character, mm-hmm. yeah. and so a lot of people have an affinity for Kitty Pride yeah, like, ever great. since. Uh, so anyway, uh, Cyclops, Phoenix, and Nightcrawler and Dazzler are able to win because they have the fucking Phoenix with them. Mm. But while they're at Dazzler's show, Phoenix slips into another one of these psychic episodes. Yeah which ends with the real mastermind at the club physically. Yeah. And when he and Jean start kissing in her psychic dream, they're kissing in real life, which Cyclops witnesses. Yeah, he but wasn't too happy about that. Before he can do anything about it, they're attacked. Yeah. So it's like every time there's like a red flag going on, because <laughs> X-Men life is so crazy. Right. It, it, shit starts exploding, and so yeah. they don't have time to like really deal with it. Right. Uh, eventually, the, the Hellfire Club seduced Jean to the point where... Um, 
they go to like storm the Hellfire Club mansion, mm. um, and it's a party, and so they're trying to like sneak yeah, in. And that's crazy. Cyclops gets bla- Gene, he sees Gene getting led upstairs by this dude that he recognizes from the club, yeah. not knowing that, like they've walked right into the Hellfire Club trap. Yeah, of course. So, Scott goes to investigate, and he gets blasted, mm-hmm. right? And it looks like maybe even killed, but he gets nailed. Right. One of the Hellfire Clubs, a dude who has like. Mass, he has a like gravity powers basically. Like right. if he, he like increases density. Oh, okay. So Wolverine's like coming yeah. at them to fuck them up, and he just makes Wolverine fall like fifty stories through yeah. the floors into the sewers. <laughs> into the sewers. Now this is early Wolverine being awesome days. So right. like we haven't even got the Cla- Chris Claremont Frank Miller Wolverine story in Japan yet. Yeah, no, we didn't even get the Weapon X storyline, did we? At this no, point? no, yeah, not even none close. of that. So, yeah. so um, before John Byrne came on, mm-hmm. the big main, the main X-Men character for Dave Cockrum, the previous penciler, yeah. was Nightcrawler because he created Nightcrawler, Storm, and Colossus. Uh, so he liked to showcase, Nightcrawler was his favorite. Size X-Men was it? Was that where they were created? Yeah, yeah, but Dave Cockrum drew the book for a long time after that. And, and we so, should point out Wolverine first appeared in Hulk, was it? 181. 181. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so when John Byrne took over X-Men, he's a Canadian artist. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm not going to let you relegate the only Canadian character. Yeah. I'm going to show you why I think he's awesome. Right. So Wolverine started getting big moments. And this is the first of the biggest and maybe the this most memorable. This is still the biggest moment. This One is One of iconic. the most memorable sequences in the history of Marvel. I was literally flipping through. I was like, that's the one. That's the panel. So... You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the one dude like increases Wolverine's <laughs> density, falls all the way down to the sewer, the story continues upstairs. Yep. At the very end of the issue, we're back down in the sewer where it's like the waters There's are like raging through the sewer. Going down there no, 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 it's just oh, you yeah. see the sewer. Oh right. And the water's like raging through the and all of a sudden this hand pops up out of the water and grabs a pipe and Wolverine pulls himself out of the water. Yep. And he's like kind of looking over his shoulder at the quote unquote camera. Yeah. And he says something like, All right, punks, you had your shot, now it's my turn. Yeah, and it's a really great looking panel. It's, it's like he a looks half badass. A yeah. And he's like got both of his claws out. He looks badass. Yeah, it looks great. So the next issue is uh, the Hellfire Club has these goons, like masked goons, and they're down looking for Wolverine. And I think the storyline's even called like Wolverine Alone or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. recall off the top of my head. I can look here in a minute. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Wolverine, in true badass, like Clint Eastwood, 80s style fashion, takes out these guys. And we start to get an idea of like how awesome he can oh, be yeah. Like, yeah. in the right circumstances. And then... Uh, the other X-Men are captured, and then so we, we join upstairs where we see that Jean has been turned. She is yeah. now dressed as the Black Queen. The Black Queen, yeah. And she, with the other Hellfire Club, are like flaunting the fact that she's now part of their group in front of the X-Men, who are all on their knees and collars. Which is a pretty scary thought, <laughs> because we've built up at this point, I guess, if you're reading all the comics, she's, she's an OP character, so mm-hmm. having her being on the bad guy's side it's like what the fuck and the bad guys just showed that like they can fuck them up on their own like right. colossus tried to punch out shaw and got nailed right like, yeah so all the x-men have like power dampening collars on cyclops has like a, a, a visor thing on that won't let him use his powers yeah. like covers his whole it's face dire and they're like taunting the x-men with their victory yeah. and um on the psychic plane cyclops and gene are connected Oh, yeah. And so he's able to, like, kind of force his way into her thoughts a little bit. But yeah. he finds Mastermind waiting for him, creating the illusion yeah. that he and Gene are married. And Scott is just some weird guy there. To, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And they get into, like, a sword fight trying to, like, get to Gene. And Mastermind yeah. kills Scott. Yeah, And the trauma of seeing Scott get stabbed kind of wakes Gina up. Snaps her, yeah. And that right at this moment is when Wolverine busts through the wall with like three goons on his back. Yeah. (laughs) And it causes enough of a distraction where Gene's able to telekinetically remove Cyclops' hood. Yeah. And he blasts the X-Men free and all hell breaks loose. It's pretty crazy. In 
of course, X-Men take care of business, but Jean now fully, like, because of all the manipulation of the mastermind, like, is not in any real control anymore. Right. And is really scared of what's about to happen to her. She knows yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And so she goes to, her revenge is brutal as fuck. Mm. You think she'd, like, atomize him or psychically torture him? Like, no, she, she, he's like, I just wanted a taste of godhood. And so she telepathically opens his mind mm. using the Phoenix Force to experience everything in the universe all at once. Yeah, that's a lot. And it breaks his brain. Yeah, he's like he's like comatose. He's in the mental he's, institution he's until like, he like dies of a virus. Yeah. In like like 15 publishing years oh later. Oh my god. He's off the board for almost 20 years. <laughs> they nerfed one of the greatest villains because Jean was scene. pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so the X-Men get out Cyclops is very worried about Jean, but they, they don't have time. They got to go. Yeah. Um, and as soon as they get on the ship, they're psychically talking to each other and she starts shutting them out. Mm. Yeah. And then like she gets real quiet and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And over Central Park, Phoenix destroys the X-Men's jet mm-hmm. and just lets them all fall. Right. Yeah. The mortal Jean Grey is no more. I am fire made flesh. Power incarnate. I am the Dark Phoenix. Gene, no! They're all able to save each other because Nightcrawler and Storm, everybody, Colossus just metals up and just cannonballs to the ground. (laughs) Of course. Uh, But the X-Men are now faced with the Dark Phoenix. A fully corrupted Phoenix. This is a shocking turn at the time, I imagine. It's, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they're all trying to fight her, but they stand no chance whatsoever. Cyclops refuses to fight, and he tries to talk her down, but the only thing it does is it keeps her from killing him. Right. And she flies off into the stars. Yep. The X-Men are fucking done. Like, they yeah. just got off an ass beat, and then they just took a much worse ass right. beat. Right. And this, it's like... This is them at their lowest This is point. their their yeah. emotional gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but what uh, happens next? With her in space? Yes. Well, so, oh, yeah. Oh, we, we should sorry. point out that at some point, both Angel and Beast join up. Because mm-hmm. they see, like, some shit going down. And they right. join up to help the X-Men. Isn't Beast so, part of the Avengers at this Beast point? Beast is an Avenger. That's and Angel right. is just retired that. being a businessman. But yeah. they see their girl's in trouble and their boy Scott's in trouble. Right. So they join up. Totally. Iceman is conspicuously absent. He needed to be in this story. Yeah, but he really should have been. He yeah. should have been. Yeah. Um, and it would have been really cool when you get to the end to see him doing shit. But anyway, so, yeah, Gene goes up into the stars again, completely insane full of the Phoenix Force and there's this amazing amazing like montage or page where she takes out a planet isn't she that from no, she eats line? a star that's what she does she yeah. absorbs a but star but we see like the, the view from the planet right because when she does the star before it gets like all the energy gets absorbed it's it goes supernova horrifying. and when it goes supernova it incinerates an entire planet full of sentient beings yeah it's horrifying it's so crazy. she creates like she murders in like a galactus scale well yeah. not even meaning to no yeah by accident just because she was hungry like right. galactus yeah um, so basically like long she she also destroys some alien spacecraft which belong to yeah. uh, an avian human like species called the Shi'ar right that's the right. Shi'ar are badass. They're like oh, yeah. the Kree, but yeah. they're they're built for war. Because this was my first X-Men storyline, and I haven't read as much of the classic X-Men lore as you have, obviously. Was this the first appearance of the Shi'ar? No. Okay, so they had they, been... They've been back since the first Phoenix story. Okay, okay, okay. So the, the first time the Phoenix interacted with the Shi'ar, Phoenix and the X-Men yeah. were taken to the Shi'ar planet to depose the Mad Emperor Deken. Oh, okay, Who okay. was trying to use sense. a thing called the Macron Crystal, which we talked about in the Age of Apocalypse right, episode. Right, right, uh, Which is like a hub of reality. Like, you can manipulate reality 
that's using crazy. this crystal. Like the reality stone, kind of. Right. But much more powerful. Oh, wow. it, it's it is it is reality. Yeah, the Macron crystal contains all of realities, wow. and all realities are inside of it, so and like it is all realities. Yeah. but it's also a physical thing. So oh, it's like you crazy. can't really wrap your head around yeah, it. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah. uh, so Jean had fixed it. The Phoenix fixed it, mm. and and they deposed the emperor, and his sister Lalandra no. became the queen of the empire. Now Lalandra right. is uh, they call they called consorts, but basically, her and Xavier were married. Right. Um, and so, even though they weren't always together, they were married. And uh, because the Shi'ar ships were destroyed and they see this planet and their empire destroyed, right. the Shi'ar uh, are pissed off. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, the Phoenix comes back to Earth thinking like kind of like Jean again. And she right. goes back to her parents' house. That was interesting, yeah. And, like, kind of terrorizes them. The X-Men have been planted. They know she's coming back. Right, right, right. Because Cyclops and her are psychically linked, when she starts to come back, he he feels it. So the X-Men are ready, and they kind of know where she's going. Yeah. So when she's, like, talking to her family and stuff, they show up on the front lawn. And, again, it's on. And this is where we get a couple famous scenes, one of which Beast created this headband thing that'll, like, scramble her brain. Mm -hmm. So they put it on her. They get it on her. Beast puts it on her, I think, or Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler does. Yeah, because he can. You know, Wolverine tackles her. Bamf, you know, right. over. Yeah. Wolverine tackles her, and he's yeah. about to stab her. Yeah, when yeah, she starts, she's too dangerous. Well, because she's acting like a psycho too. Right, right, right. And when he tackles her, and the things on her head, it's shut her power off for mm-hmm. a moment, and yeah. so she's herself again. Right. And she p- tearfully is begging him to kill her. Gotta end it. Logan. Jane. Do it. You should have destroyed me. You had the chance. And he hesitates yeah. because he's in love with her. Because, yeah. And also because it's his teammate and friend. And she's, of course, please kill me. And yeah. he hesitates, yeah. which for Wolverine is a first. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't hesitate to kill no. people, especially not early Wolverine. He no. was an asshole. He was in, yeah, he was a Nowadays, he'd hesitate to kill any X-Men. But right. back then, it was like, whoa, even yeah. he's waiting. Yeah. Uh, but that one moment was all it took. And yeah. she gets her power back until Cyclops again confronts her. And he's talking her off the ledge. And it's That's working right. yeah. when Professor X... Yeah. enters the fray and he telepathically assaults the phoenix yeah. and it looks like for a moment it was a real bad idea yeah. until gene like inside the hurricane that is her brain at this moment right kind of joins up with him and they cage the phoenix in her brain for lack of a better term totally and it looks like all is well they just won they saved her life yeah they're gonna figure out a way to shut her powers off for good right cyclops like kind of it te- seems like the story's wrapping up she point. reads scott's thoughts about how concerned he was and how much he loves her and takes it as a proposal of marriage which she accepts yeah and everyone's in right. tears and it's all happy all around and then all of a sudden the they're fucking... teleported off planet yep. to a Shi'ar battlecruiser yep. where they're now charged with crimes against the universe oh, yeah. and the phoenix is sentenced to death. We got company. The Shi'ar. It becomes a space opera. It was a crazy twist, but I love it, you know? The stakes so, just keep getting higher, you know? Xavier knows Shi'ar rule and he calls for a trial by combat. Mm, so yeah. the X-Men all volunteer to fight for Phoenix's sake. And unfortunately for them, their opponents are the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. Now, the Shi'ar Imperial Guard were also created by Dave Cockrum. Okay. And like Nightcrawler, Storm, and Colossus, they were all originally created for a Legion of Superheroes pitch. Ooh. So, originally, Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, and the entire Imperial Guard were going to be a new Legion. That would have been awesome. But instead, they're all Marvel characters. Well, I'm glad they're Marvel characters because they're awesome. So, the real... Terror in the Imperial Guard is its captain. This guy yeah. called Gladiator. Gladiator with the mohawk, right? And a cape. 
Yeah. yeah, Gladiator. I thought he was the coolest fucking character. He is. When he I love up. Gladiator. Yeah, I yeah. still do. Gladiator's he's, he, power yeah. is belief based. Yes. So as long as he is believes he can beat you, yeah. he can beat you. It's almost like it's almost like Green Lantern's willpower in a little in a sort little, of. But he's got the power of Superman. It's or yes, more. It, or more. and his power is based off confidence. So right. like. As long as he's sure he can beat you, he'll yeah. fuck you up. Yeah. So unless you're way stronger than unless he thinks you are, or something. Yeah. and he's like coming at you light, yeah, like he did with Cannonball once, and thinking, uh, oh, he's a goofy Cannonball. Yeah, and yeah. And that Cannonball way. fucking decked his ass, and he was like, oh shit. Yeah. And okay. now Cannonball's on the Imperial Guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. But no, so so uh, it's it's Gladiator and a bunch of other badasses, and the X Men are forced to fight them. On this battleground on the moon, it's the was it the blue zone? The blue area like, of the moon. It, it's, it's like, like a, a it's like where the Watcher lives, right? It's which like, is ironic because that's how Wolverine loses in the fight. Is it the dark side or is it just? The it's the dark side of the moon. Yeah, okay. it's called the blue area of yeah. the moon. It's like in this canyon and stuff, and yeah. it's got like an artificial atmosphere. Yeah, it's like a dome or something. And so right. the X Men and uh, the the guard go to war, mm-hmm. and one by one, the X Men are quickly being taken out oh yeah they're they're no match no they're not (laughs) especially poor colossus who's one-on-one with gladiator and xavier it's really heartbreaking you see the moment where xavier realizes that they're gonna lose right he just this reminds me of hunger games but before hunger games you know what i mean it's like a battle royale (laughs) Yeah, because everybody's watching it on like screens and stuff yeah it's it's, Um, it's, it was really interesting so the last two x-men standing are scott and gene Mm. and um when cyclops is nailed by the guard gene gets pissed and her control over her power goes away yeah and the dark phoenix comes back out yep everybody's trying to take her out nothing's yep. working yeah gene kind of sees the writing on the wall and knows that she's about to kill everybody and yep. so she like she it's about to be apocalypse basically it fucks everybody up and then ditches the battlefield as fast as she can and cyclops chases after her yeah of course she gets over to an area of the watchers where actually i think it's where the inhumans used to be but there's this oh. there's all this weaponry underground oh okay like automated weaponry yeah, and she, Cyclops is closing in on her and she telekinetically holds him in place so he can't do anything to stop her. Yeah. And he's begging her and pleading with her, like, please let me keep fighting for you. Like, I can, I love you. Like, yeah. I can save this. Please let me save you. Yeah. And she's like, no, I can't. Like, I've done horrible things. Mm-hmm. Only worse things are going to happen. Yeah. I love you, but this has to happen. And she tragic. telekinetically uses her power to like lift one of the weapons up and shoots herself yep. and kills herself right in front of Cyclops. I love you. I always will. This fucked the X-Men up bad. Because it was like out of left field. We didn't expect... This is... Right, it was like Gwen Stacy and this happened very right, shortly. Yeah, it was, it, was, it did a couple when, things. This, this is one of the moments where comics started to grow up, if that makes well, sense. This, right? like, well, this, well, I mean, I guess, but this it depends on your look. This particular story took the X Men from like cult favorite to smash hit. Oh, yeah. It was because of not that this story was selling all that much, but yeah. after. Yeah. Because the word of the mouth of like, of did you hear what the fucking X-Men did? They killed Marvel Girl. Right. Like they killed one of the original X-Men. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden people were like, well, let's check out X-Men. And yeah. then they happened to get to the book we're going to talk about in a few moments, For but sure. uh, which was like, oh, now we're hooked. But yeah. uh, so real quick, I should point out that originally Gene didn't die in this story. Originally, the X-Men were going to find a way to psychically like rip her powers away from her uh-huh. so she could never have powers again. Right. And 
she was she and Cyclops were going to retire and go like live as regular people for a while. Oh, okay, that was and, Claremont's idea. Originally? Yes, okay. but Jim Shooter, the editor who yeah. famously clashed with Byrne and Claremont all the time, yeah, I said heard. no, no, that's not how you do that story. Especially she needs to die yeah. because and they, like she, she killed like it was like a throwaway moment where it was the star right. blow up like yeah, it's a very it little panel yeah. you don't even think about it when you're reading it until yeah. it's pointed out later yeah it's so huge. shooter was like no 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 she she can't get She's away from space that. hitler <laughs> she has to be punished even for if it's it. by accident so claremont's thing was well she does she goes from being a god to like someone who can't even hear like other people's thoughts and stuff wasn't enough for shooter so they killed phoenix but I'm there kinda, are i'm kind of with shooter on this one i think yeah, Adam i agree you know? and i think they would all agree in retrospect oh, yeah. But at the time, it was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and she didn't come back for years until they launched X Factor. And even when she came back, she wasn't necessarily her. You know? Well, they retconned that it wasn't it wasn't Jean that died on the moon. and It, the, it wasn't yeah. Jean that rose up as Phoenix out of the harbor, but it was the Phoenix Force. Right. Disguised as Jean, like basically wanting to be Jean and right. put her in a, weird, like an energy cocoon at the bottom nerfs, of the harbor yeah, kinda, to heal Jean's body. Yeah, it kind of nerfs it a little bit. Though, it really it? does. Yeah. But but they've since done this thing where like all the Jean's memories and the Phoenix memories got mm-hmm. merged back into Jean. So like she remembers all of it like it was her. Right. So it kind of like undoes the nerfing a little bit. That's true. Yeah. Like if Jean knows the story, like she experienced it now. Totally. So, okay, it works. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And because sense she's Phoenix, she can come back. But honestly, I feel like they never should have brought her back. Right. As much as I adore yeah. X Factor. Yeah. And as much as Scott and Jean is my favorite Marvel couple. They're great. Even over Peter, Mary Jane, over Reed and yeah. Sue, over all of them, it's Scott and Jean. But they're, yeah. if this was the last time Jean was in a comic, they'd still be my favorites. It would be, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um I think, yeah, it's kind of like Uncle Ben. Like, you don't really need to bring him back. He has more... Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense just because of the nature of the Phoenix and the the, the marketing allure of bringing the original five X-Men back together back then was a big, 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 big big deal. Yeah. Because that was back when, like, there was only two other X-Men books. There was New Mutants and Wolverine. And and to be fair, I've loved some of the stuff they've done witching since then. I actually really liked when they brought back the original five and what was that storyline? All New X-Men. All New X-Men. Yeah, actually, I really like that. I really like... uh, X-Men vs. Avengers, or Avengers vs. X-Men. Uh, be, I kind of like what they did with the Phoenix storyline, even though it was... That wasn't Gene, but yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. You yeah. Know, so. Marvel, Marvel has milked the Phoenix thing for pretty much all they can. Right. But, so uh, before we move on... storylines, but a couple cool ideas. Before know? we move on to the other story we want to talk about, I want to mention the uh, attempts to adapt the Dark Phoenix oh, story. God. Oh, God. Before Bef- we get into that, though... There is one thing I want to point out. There's a couple really cool moments from this. One thing that we did kind of skip over was there's this moment where she uses her powers to stop Cyclops. Oh, the sex scene. Yeah, yeah, that scene. I yeah, where the X-Men take a minute to go visit Angel because right. he's got this, uh, it's called his Airy. Yeah. Uh, he has all this land out in, like, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mountains that, like, he owns for, like, miles. So nobody yeah. ever, no one even knows his house is there. Yeah. Except the X-Men. So, like, they go visit their friend and, like, find a, a safe place after the Hellfire Club shit. Right. And Jean wants to go off with Beale Scott because she knows, like, this might be the last time they get to be alone. Yeah. And they go off to do things together and uh, she pulls his visor off while they're kissing and he's like what the fuck yeah because that's a big moment for him it's yeah she uses her power to hold his energy so he can look at her and they can look into each other's eyes eyes. yeah and it's like it terrifies him because it's literally like she's like holding a nuke back right and not 
even flinching. Like, it's right. nothing. I thought that was an amazing scene. And it scene. terrifies him, but it's like, she's naked, so I, right. you know, yeah. I do what I gotta do. But yeah. uh, I always like that moment, too. It's, it shows how powerful she is. But also, like, it, they use, like, a really nice character moment yes, to do that. Yes, I was gonna say, it's a great character moment. It's an amazing, like, power moment. Like, you kind of get yeah. what you're dealing with here. But also, it also kind of, like, it pays off when we have that tragic ending later. Yeah, well, the, 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 at its heart, yeah. Is for all the superhero madness and yeah. god powers and intrigue, like at right. its heart, the Dark Phoenix saga works because it's a love story. Right, exactly. And that's it's a very fucking there. tragic love story. Yeah. And that's, uh, as we're about to get into, that's something that's t- completely missing from all the adaptations. From all the Well, not all. Well, the. Uh, Before we get into the movies, okay. I want to talk about, we've mentioned, I mentioned in the Blade episode that we did, yes. uh, that Marvel released a series of anime. The, that's like, right. Japanese yeah. studio Madhouse do. Yeah. The X Men one does a. Their own very brief adaptation of the Phoenix Saga in the very beginning of the first episode, you catch the end of the story where Phoenix dies. Oh, that's crazy. And Cyclops is psychically manipulated to believe that Emma Frost was the one behind it. Oh. So when the X-Men have to go to Emma for help, he thinks she's the one that's the reason Jean's dead. So he's like trying not to kill her every second they're in the same room together. Yeah. Uh, Very cool story. But uh, that was, they didn't try to do Phoenix as the story. The first time you see the X-Men in the story is the end of the Phoenix story. Wow, that's bold. And then it picks up like a couple years later. That's cool. With like a psychic or fit like mentally traumatized and emotionally traumatized X-Men. I really gotta Um, gotta watch those. So it's the Phoenix saga was adapted well once, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to talk about X-Men 3, The Last Stand. That's right. Since the dawn of existence, There have always been moments when the course of history shifted. Such a turning point is upon us now. They wish to cure us, but I say we are the cure. A conflict between the better and worse angels of our very nature whose outcome will change our world so greatly. There will be no going back. I do not know if victory is possible. I only know that great sacrifice will be required. And because the fate of many will depend on a few, we must make a last stand. But I want you to talk about it because oh, I why? fucking hate that movie. We okay, so we I, we did a let's whole. Let's talk about the Phoenix wait, aspect of it. Let, well, sure, sure, sure. We've we have talked about this movie before. Back on I think it was episode nine, where nine, we talked yeah. about all the X Men movies. Uh, but it's not good. You know, it's got some moments in it that that kind of work. But I think the main thing is you're coming off of two pretty good movies. I thought the second one was pretty awesome, especially at that time, early 2000s. That's when superhero movies just generally sucked. 
And then X-Men 3, I remember being so fucking excited for this one and just being like so kind of let down by the end. Like I, I wanted to like it, but there was just like, it wasn't this. I knew from the trailers. Brett Ratner. You from know? the trailers that I yeah. wasn't going to like it. Really? Because the whole story was hyped as the Phoenix story. Right. And she's in the trailers. Right. But you'll notice that there's a lot of new characters in the trailers. Too many. And there's no Cyclops. Yeah, and I that's that, weird. If you're doing the Phoenix Saga, why would like the two main characters not be front and center? Wait, yeah. they're not doing the Phoenix Saga. They're gonna cram her in with a bunch of other shit. Yeah, which and then is I a heard good... that it should have been like three movies. Well, then I heard that they killed Cyclops off camera in the first act, and I was like, oh my god! That's the that's the moment the movie completely lost me. So yeah, you know, the, like the, the biggest sin it makes in its adaptation besides that. Is that it's not a Dark Phoenix adaptation. Right. She's just uses a plot device in a different story. Yeah, and so, it's a, and, it's and an it, inferior story it's too. It's a shitty movie to begin with yeah. in all aspects, but it's a f- huge failure as an adaptation of this story. Absolutely. So especially I, because they try to put Wolverine and the Cyclops. Yeah. You know. Because uh, he had a crush on her for a movie. Yeah. Like fuck you. Uh, so then I kind of because that was so bad and because it was such a lackluster attempt at an adaptation like a, a like lip service attempt at an adaptation I forgave them for wanting to do it again I will say that there there were some cool moments it, they didn't earn them if that makes sense like there were some cool uses of her powers but again it wasn't like cosmic level it wasn't anywhere near the comics you know right. but so yeah. when we get to X-Men 7 which is Dark Phoenix mm. ladies and gentlemen of NASA this is Charles Xavier help is on the way we're doing space missions now Cool. We get the astronauts, we bring them home. Go. The heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? Jean! She should be dead. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen. But it feels good. That power destroyed everything it ever came into contact with. Until you. The X-Men fear you. And what they fear. We seek to destroy. She'll kill us all. The girl dies. She's still our friend. She's not Jean anymore. Are you threatening me? That's right. That would be a bad idea. I like it more than X-Men 3, but it's extremely flawed. Um, And it's, again, a poor adaptation. Yeah. There's a lot of liberties taken. It has some really cool ideas in it that don't get explored. And apparently scrolls were supposed to be the the aliens. Oh, that would have been the last minute they were told they couldn't use them. Oh, yeah. So that's why the aliens don't. They, they're shapeshifters that don't seem to have any like real 
Yeah, they don't really use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's 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 odd. But they're supposed they, to be scrolls. So they're they're kind of supposed to be the Shi'ar in the final version of the movie, yeah. right? So but the they don't look really anything make sense either. But yeah, no, it doesn't make sense either way. But the, the fact that they tried to use the Shi'ar but didn't use the Shi'ar, yeah. like really kind of bummed me out. Everything about it bums me out except for a couple action scenes. There are some cool scenes, and I love the opening with the and, shuttle and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. And they tried to do at least a little bit more of the Scott Jean story. Yeah. But it's still like so just lip service. It's only like a couple sequences where you see like that he's really worried about her, but that's all you really see. You only get one scene of them in the room together. Like, and it's really shittily written. Yeah. It's really bad. Hank said that off the charts. Did the big blue furry guy, the doctor, that Hank. That's the one. Why? You're a little intimidated. Maybe. Constantly. Are you are you sure you're okay? <laughs> Better than okay. God, I feel great. I do. I, I don't know. I feel like everything is just turned up. Yeah. No, that's just. Just what? I thought I lost you today. I know. But I came back to you. I'll always come back to you. So, so the one thing I, I give them credit for is that after Days of Future Past, we got Apocalypse. Yeah. And I know that's a divisive movie, but I really enjoyed it. One of the things I liked about it is it actually set up the Phoenix storyline really well, I think. Well, so did X-Men 2. Yeah, that's true. X-Men 2 did a great job at that yeah, with that ending. Uh, the, the, the single best moment in any X-Men movie is yeah. Phoenix at the end of Apocalypse. Yes, yeah, that was a great oh, ending. That's That's amazing. The Dark Phoenix movie does have two really great, well, three, well, three really great action set pieces. Yes, it's got like you said the space mission at the beginning, which is awesome. It's got uh, the fight in like time, the train Times Square, oh, like, yeah. it's near Central Park. Yeah, and it was cool to see the the X Men fighting in New York for once. Yeah, with like actual civilians around, which has right. never happened in seven movies. Which is weird that that it's is because those yeah. movies suck balls. But then well, the um, and then the last one is the train fight. The train fight's pretty cool. There's some awesome pretty moments. Pretty awesome. That yeah. might be the best. Extended action sequence. Extended action sequence. The Nightcrawler scenes in that scene are amazing. Yeah. Magneto is amazing in that scene. There's a lot of cool moments, for Beast sure. gets to do stuff. Storm gets to do stuff. Scott and Gene and Professor right. are all like, the big deal at the end, but like everybody else gets to do stuff. So as an X-Men movie, those scenes really work, I think. Yes. The rest of the movie doesn't work at all. But Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. If you take those scenes out, it's a crap. Like well, it's it's, it's also, a crap crap fe- what what is the word I'm looking for? for like the last twenty minutes of the movie because it's a train wreck. It was supposed to be like part one of two. Th- that you can totally tell that it's yeah. supposed to lead up to 
another movie. Yes. But they rush it. They rush like the whole second movie in because like they reshot ten minutes. The movie because they had to change it to be the last movie. And then the effects are not good. After watching Apocalypse, you which know, has a massive budget, you can tell that they just didn't have the I, money I, to pull I'm it not off. I'm going to say the effects aren't good. I'm going to say the makeup isn't good. There's a lot that's not Mystique good. Mystique looks like shit. I think I think the movie starts. Because Jennifer Lawrence just doesn't care. Right. Yeah. True. But I think I do think the first act of the movie works really well. But as it goes on, it feels like they're running out of money. Like, and I think part of it is because they found out that Fox Studios was going to well, close down. Because they didn't have the, the same money on the reshoots that they had on the original. Right. Shoot. And you can tell. A lot of that stuff, they had to reshoot and make it because otherwise the movie didn't make any fucking sense. Right. And so they had to make some narrative sense. Everybody's shitting on Simon Kinberg for the writing and directing. But, like, when you hear about the stuff this dude had to deal with. The stuff going on behind scenes. Yeah. Like, I'd give him an A-plus for effort. It almost feels like maybe this movie shouldn't have been released <laughs> you know well, it, it shouldn't have been made right not, not not released i hate when they make movies and don't release. well true true i i just mean like it just felt unfinished you well, know like, like all the fox x-men movies it was just wrong yeah. <laughs> even dark even days of future past which we'll get to is yeah. a piss poor adaptation it's just a cool movie they just happen yeah. to make a cool movie for once so the thing that about dark phoenix that bums me out is that this was a series I followed the entire time and I was hoping that we would at least get a good ending to it, you know, and it, it didn't deliver on that, you know, it left us with more questions. And unfortunately the ending was maybe one of the weakest endings of all the X-Men movies. And the fact that this was the second attempt at an adaptation really pissed me off because the, it's almost like X-Men three got certain things right that this movie got wrong, you know, like it just really felt like, there were certain element the the only elements that worked in X-Men 3 didn't work in this movie and you know it was like it was like I don't know if you take the best elements of both of those movies you might have well, a halfway here, decent here's, here's where I would disagree with you sure. I think nothing about Phoenix in X-Men 3 works at all I got you I think you might be thinking about well, other elements of X-Men 3 that work for you Well no I actually think there's certain scenes in X-Men 3 that feels like she has like a lot more power you know you get to see more scale okay. you know Well I mean I, yeah but well, she's I, like but wiping me, out tons she's of people not even talking the whole movie Right no and that part but doesn't who work Who fucking the, cares about the CGI the, effects when nothing's behind it True the character stuff they totally failed on right. in that which one is, if, again, Which is what's important if You've got all the CGI effects in the world if you, I don't give a shit if I don't care about your characters. Right, and I agree. Flash. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. So so my point is like if if they had done the the amount of scale they did with X-Men 3 in Dark Phoenix, it would have been a much better movie, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. It just felt but so I small that, that for such because, a Because again, it was part it was building to something that we never got to see. Right. Because it didn't get made yeah exactly <laughs> you know? so it's just really unfortunate the way it went all right so let's talk about the one adaptation that i think kind of works and that's oh, yeah. the uh early 90s x-men the animated series previously on x-men So, this, <laughs> so so one of the strengths X-Men had was that they really leaned into the adaptation aspect of their show. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean that every episode was lifted from a comic book, but the elements of it were, or like things that happened were, 
They might take like a scene from a comic and put it in their episode. Totally. Um, but they also, especially in later seasons, started to adapt like full-on arcs. They did. And they spent an entire season telling the Phoenix story. Yes. So they did even like the weird alien shit, like Eric the Red and all that stuff. Yeah, they had like yeah, yeah. the stopover against the Juggernaut and Black Tom. Right. Those who stand against the will of the Emperor must be destroyed. It is an honor to welcome the leader of the Emperor's Praetorian Guard. You have no honor. They had uh, aliens, they had the Shi'ar, they had all that stuff. Yeah. Basically, uh, uh, I don't think Dazzler was in it. Maybe she was. No, she was. She was. Uh, was she? Yeah. yeah um, I but maybe it wasn't Kitty. I think instead of Kitty, it was, instead of Kitty it, was Jubilee. Uh, Jubilee. Yeah. But they weren't recruiting her. She, it was just like a Jubilee thing. Well, she was in the first episode. I think they do recruit her. No, she, they recruit Jubilee in the very first episode of the I mean. show. She That's never what... missed an episode after no, that. No, but no, no. She was, uh, I think that she was instead of using Kitty, I think it was like something happens with Jubilee in, yeah. in place of that arc. I think you're right. Uh, but they also have, like, they have the thing where Jean gets like hospitalized and Cyclops is like, won't leave her side. And then yeah. like... You know, shit goes wrong with the Shi'ar, and she has to be Phoenix and fix the crystal, and then For she sure. certainly goes to Phoenix. It's, it's basically all there. Yeah. Now, there's some changes. Like, instead of calling it the Hellfire Club, they're just called the Circle. Oh, is that right? Because Fox yeah. Kids <laughs> wouldn't let them say Hellfire. Oh, that's right. Um, that makes sense, yeah. And, uh... We don't get the BDS. She doesn't... Outfits. Jean doesn't really... Like, it's not... the same. Like, she doesn't die at the end. Yeah. Uh, the X-Men basically, like, all, like volunteer their lives to like save hers and right. they all like the phoenix force kind of like gives them all their lives and yep. it's kind of cheesy and stupid so the very but you understand like they didn't, weren't going to make a major cartoon yeah. character commit suicide it's saturday morning at 11 o'clock yes. and fuck up and, it's, and now the balls it would have taken to do that would have yeah. been admirable but they weren't going to do that so but, it, but honestly it's the best adaptation we've ever gotten by far yeah by far with sad. all its melodramatic names yeah. Gene, Gene. Well, and we get this really the cool. I thought it was really cool the way they introduced Phoenix yeah. in that show because it was a little different from the comics. What weren't they a on like bit. a space mission? They, yeah, happened? they they were crashing. Yeah, yeah. They they I fought the Sentinels cool. and they're yeah. coming back on a space station. And you didn't and, expect it. It was like yeah. what Phoenix? That was yeah. the comic. Yeah, that's what happened. It, yeah. it, was, it was cool. The, but the animated series did a lot. The animated series inspired the Age of Apocalypse. Oh yeah. And it uh, also adapted Days of Future Past, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about Days of Future Past, shall we? So fans sure. that were brought to the X-Men because of all this crazy shit they heard happening, or those that were already reading it because crazy shit's always happening. Oh, yeah. A few issues later, you're barely given time to breathe. The, the issue after Dark Phoenix Saga ends is Cyclops quitting the team. Yeah. And the team's just, like, reeling from their loss. And right. Wolverine changes to his trademark brown costume brown and yellow right uh, yeah and uh, then we get days of future past what's the last thing you remember Side by side to end this war. 
before it ever begins. So, I wake up in my younger body and then what? Find me. Convince me of all of this. It's going to take the two of us. And where do I find you? A different path. A darker path. Logan, I was a very different man. Lead me. Guide me. Be patient with me. Patience isn't my strongest suit. past like the movie takes place in two timelines there's the present which has a kind of weird team of x-men you've got the, the holdovers from that we've yeah. seen so you got storm colossus wolverine and nightcrawler that's right uh scott quit beast yeah. didn't stick around he's still in the avengers but angel stuck around yeah and they're now joined by Shadowcat, kitty pride yeah, as the right. new the newest member yeah so it's now you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, that's the X-Men. The X-Men. Those are yeah. X-Men. But yeah, absolutely. Time, but at the time it was like, where's Cyclops? Where's Beast? Where, well, we know where Marvel Girl is, but where's Iceman? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you got one original X-Men, is that right? Yeah, it seemed like that. Well, that's what they did after Giant Size. Cyclops yeah. stuck around, then they brought Gene back after a right. while. That's but, right, yeah. Uh, it was basically the Cyclops and the new X-Men. Mm. And then it was the new X-Men and Angel. <laughs> yeah, um, which is kind of so, so, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just having a training session in the danger room teaching Kitty how to use her powers and stuff. Which is really cool, I Yes, think, you know? I love those sequences. Love the danger when room When suddenly Kitty's hit with like a psychic bolt where her future consciousness has been zapped back into That's our right. present than the past. Yep. And she's there to warn the X-Men that something's about to happen that's going to fuck the whole world up. Yep. Uh, a gentleman named Senator Robert Kelly is going to be assassinated by a mutant, yep. a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants slash Freedom Force, and that is going to lead to uh, a legislation being passed, which leads to the mass production of Sentinels mm. and the legal murder of mutants, where the Sentinels then turn their aggression to superhumans yep. and create concentration camps That's right. for the remaining mutants, where they have to walk... The entrances uh, are, are decorated with the, the cemeteries of the heroes that have been killed. Yeah. So every time you want to leave or go in on the mission the Sentinels give you, <laughs> yeah. like a Aaron's mission, like taking parts and stuff to different places, yeah. you have to walk through your friend's graveyard. Yes. Um, it's dark, man. So they yeah, got real dark with this one. The, she's there to warn, and her, her past body is there to warn the X-Men, like, this cannot happen. Mm-hmm. Everybody dies. Yeah. Um, so the X-Men go to DC to go protect Senator Kelly from the Brotherhood, which is Mystique, who yeah. we all know. Yeah. The Blob, who most of you know, the big fat guy. Yeah. A dude named Avalanche, whose powers are pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, tectonic yeah. powers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got Pyro, who we know from the movies. Right. And Destiny, who has not been in the movies yet, but Destiny is Mystique's lover. Oh. And Destiny is... Wears a mask that covers her entire face. She can't see out of it because Destiny is oh. a precog. Oh. And 
anything she looks at, she sees like every possible future. That's interesting. So That's she's a about. very, very, yeah. Pre- Destiny's awesome. One thing that threw me off, because again, she's, I have... uh, by the way, she and Mystique are Rogue's moms. They're like her foster moms. Oh, I never. Yeah, put they that they raised her together. That's interesting. Yeah, she was working under on, on their brotherhood yeah. when she absorbed Captain Marvel's powers. Okay, uh, Carol Danvers. So one interesting thing when I first came to this comic later on was uh, Mystique being in charge of the brotherhood. Like Magneto is not at all. Not even in the picture. Yeah, Magneto you know? actually didn't run the Brotherhood. He ran the Brotherhood in like the Stan and Jack days, but right. I don't think it kind of took him off the. Once board. once Claremont was on the book, Magneto didn't ever have a Brotherhood again. He was just Magneto. Like he yeah. was enough. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then later on uh, in the early '90s, he got the Acolytes, which were like people that are like religiously devoted to Magneto. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's an odd lineup, but it it was they were everywhere back in the the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. or early 80s to mid 80s. Right. Anytime the mutants are used in other books, it's usually the brotherhood. They're in Daredevil, they're in Spider-Man, they're all right. over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so they were getting some good use here. And it's actually that when the X-Men show up to fight them, it's actually a really great fight. Like oh, they, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And good um, use of powers and all that. Yeah, for sure. And this is where we learn that Nightcrawler is uh, Mystique's son. Is this the That's, moment this that happened? I didn't it. realize yeah. that. That's it's, well, at least it's teased here. Yeah, but Mystique yeah, yeah. kind of confirms it without confirming That's it. That's amazing. Yeah, um, that's cool. Meanwhile, we're cutting to the future, mm-hmm. where the last remaining X-Men are fighting desperately to keep the mm-hmm. uh, basically comatose. Kate Pride alive while her right. her psyche's in the past trying to undo their their reality. And the Sentinels are attacking at this point. Well, right? the so these X Men they when this happens they know like they're they they need to be on the run. Right. Because basically they're they're like sending a signal out by doing this proceeding yeah. uh, that that the Sentinels will will realize what's going on. So basically right. what we have here is we have a crippled Magneto, mm-hmm. Colossus, and Storm. Yeah. Kitty Pride, and then two characters, one of which was uh, a very little boy in the comics at the time, and in this story, he's a young man, and that's Franklin Richards. That's right. Is the son yeah. of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible was Woman. Was this the first appearance of him? No, this oh, is his okay. first appearance, not as a little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'd that's been right. in the he comics for quite a while, okay. but cool. this is him as like an adult. Yeah, that was cool. And then his girlfriend, and this is the mind blower, because keep in mind, this is three issues right. after Dark Phoenix, right. is Rachel Summers. Yeah, what's that The about? daughter... Of Cyclops and Marvel Girl, right? Who has the powers of the Phoenix Force? Yeah, or at least some of sort them. Of. Yeah, she, well, she does, just yeah. not all of it. It's yeah. like a, a piece of the Phoenix Force. Yeah. Um. So she goes by Phoenix, mm-hmm. and the her this is her first appearance. Yeah. And her inclusion blew minds. It was like, what the fuck? How does that? Who work? is yeah. she? Yeah. How? What? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it was a whole thing. And she yeah. became very popular. Oh, yeah. She became a um, character like So, basically, like, uh, the X-Men are carting around a comatose kitty mm-hmm. in this Mad Max escape from New York wasteland with, like, 30-foot sentinels everywhere. And yeah. um, we see an old Wolverine. Like an, They're all old, but he's yeah. he's a little bit older. He's just got some gray in he's his temples. He's got gray in the temples. Yeah, and it's he's so the only one that hasn't isn't in the camps. Right. He's out just... Being a pain in the ass, but yeah. uh, so he and the he and Storm and them meet up. When they're in the sewers, the Sentinels attack the first time, and they kill Magneto. And they, yeah, he's on the that we forgot to mention that he's on the good side. Yes, he's on the well. The, everybody's X Men. Well, yeah, yeah they're all, the mutants have to stick together to survive. And at this point know. in the comics, they teased that there was some of that to him, but he is right. he's still out now, bad guy for sure. Um, when the Sentinels attack again, they seemingly kill. Franklin Richards, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which we later learn is almost impossible, but right. he he used his power to like do some shenanigans. But yeah. his body was destroyed there. Right, uh, and then we get 
one of the most famous scenes in the history of the X-Men where Wolverine, Storm, and Colossus are like in their last stand. Yeah. And they're fighting Sentinels and Colossus and Wolverine are trying to protect Storm because... They, you know, they treat her like a little sister. Sure. Even though she's way more powerful than they right, are. Right, right, right. Uh, and Colossus, Wolverine's like, one more fastball special, fastball bub. And special. Colossus throws Wolverine into Sentinel and is immediately incinerated. It vaporizes him, man. Down to the bones. It's There's the nothing left. Panel. Just a metal yeah. skeleton. Yeah. I and Wolverine it. is dead. That was shocking. Huge shock. Because, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. no one had ever seen Wolverine take damage like that before. We didn't even think he could be killed. Right. And yeah. yeah, he fucking can. Yeah, yeah. And a Sentinel did it with one shot. Right. And so then it really Storm, ups like how powerful these. It makes them are. much scarier. Yeah, he killed scary. one of the hardest people to kill in comic books. Right. Now like the it was Sentinels, nothing. they'd been introduced prior to this. Stan right? and Jack introduced cool, the Sentinels. Cool. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, they're like early. But this was like I think I don't know. There's something about the Sentinels. Like when I was first getting into comics, I was like, these guys are weird looking. They're goofy. well, the Sentinels have always been scary. The concept, always been scary. Yeah. You know, even like the Stan and Jack issues, they're pretty terrifying. But but I think this storyline really cements this story how... cements why they're so right, scary because right, right. you see what we've heard mm-hmm. X Men the X Men talking about. Like yeah. these guys are a slippery slope. If things keep going down this path, like if we don't do what we're setting out to do, yeah. worst case scenario. And these guys are the first harbinger of that worst right. case scenario. Yeah. And this is us seeing that worst case scenario play out. And yeah, it's awful. It is. So Wolverine's killed. Storm reacts horribly. She gets killed. Colossus gets killed. Yeah. Everything's about to die. And then in the present, Mystique yeah. and Destiny sneak off to go kill Senator Kelly. Right. The X-Men have their hands full and then some with the Brotherhood. But they don't know about Shadowcat. She's a new member of the team. Yeah. And she sneaks off too. Okay. And right before Destiny kills Senator Kelly... Yeah. Shadowcat jumps through her with her phasing power right when she's pulling the trigger. That's right. And it causes her to miss. That's right. And so Kelly sees his life saved by a mutant. Yep. And decides he's never going to run any anti-mutant propaganda ever again. Because he starts to see them as real people. Yeah. Some are bad, some are good. And I love that. That's like right? a really great And allegory. it immediately like crushes that bad future. And yeah. uh, future Kate disappears from current Kate's kitty's mind and kitty's like what the fuck is going why am i yeah. in dc like what's happening i thought that was such an and, amazing and at, ending. at the end we get a uh the x-men are talking about like man this is like the scariest day of our lives like that was way too close yeah. and now that we know what the stakes are like everything's yeah. so fucking scary and yeah. uh they're like well at least we avoided it and it, it has that like the end dot 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 question mark yeah <laughs> And Marvel, of course, has revisited this timeline more than a few of times. Of course, it's its own. Mu- it's my its favorite own, time. It's its own multiverse. Right, right, right yeah. Its own yeah, timeline. Yeah. My favorite yeah. revisiting is in uh, the big event, Second Coming, mm. where Cable and Wolverine take a team into that timeline. Yeah. Because they have to go destroy some master mold that's like sending information into the past. Right. And they realize, like, oh, it's much worse now. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything's like, a Nimrod. Like, yeah. <laughs> every Sentinel's, like, uh, the baddest-ass Sentinel you can imagine. And Cable's, like, right. even Cable's, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's totally. awesome. It's really... And the, it's, the dude that saves them is the most unlikely. It's Cypher from the New Mutants. Oh, okay. His yeah. power is language. Really because he can speak binary code. That's really cool. And so like he that. gets yeah. into the Master Bowl and just tells it what to do. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> nuts. For uh, me, I think one of the coolest times they revisited it was right around the time Secret Wars happened. They yeah, had all the spinoff issues. That was good. About different universes. Yeah. And that one I thought was really cool. That was a really good yeah, one. That yeah, that was awesome. Secret Wars was fucking Secret great. Wars we should do an episode. Awesome. Uh, we need to do an episode on Secret Wars. And, yeah, I could go on stuff. for eight hours on Secret Wars. I read a lot Wars. of it. 
So, so all right. So, Days of Future Past is also like I mentioned, been adapted a few times. The 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 cartoon did it pretty well. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, um, it's very different. Oh yeah, but it's it's I you remember. see the dystopian future with Sentinels and Wolverine's got like it's a not black... as dark. No, no. Yeah. Wolverine's wearing like a black costume, and yeah. he's he's like Storm is in it with Forge and all this stuff. Yeah. It's very different. For sure. But if you like the cartoon, check it out. It's you know it's early nineties X Men cartoon. The essence of it, which I think is what's important, like which the, is what the movie does. Yeah, too. Days of Future Past movie. I think most would argue is at least in the conversation for best Fox Men movie. I think it's the best. Yeah. I think it's well, best I part. thought you liked First Class. Well, okay, I go back and forth. Depends on the day. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> They're fair so enough. neck and neck to me. You know, they're very they're, different. Yeah. It just depends what mood you're in. Right. Yeah. But so, I, I would argue that. The movie Days of Future Past is actually a really good adaptation, even though they change a lot. They, they it's kind of like what the MCU does a lot, where like Infinity War is not Infinity Gauntlet, but they keep a lot of the cool things from it. Okay, I will they say do something interesting. They keep like the, a lot of the like you said the adaptations do. They keep the spine of it. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. change like everything they do else. Do their own thing with it. Like from, like Kitty Pride was not the main character in that movie it was wolverine because of course it was because yeah. fox is shit <laughs> but like but they use kitty to send him back in time somehow yeah which they never explained it fine whatever. it doesn't make oh, any sense basically your body will go to sleep while your mind travels back in time as long as you're back there past and present will continue to coexist but once you wake up whatever you've done will take hold and become history and for the rest of us it'll be the only history that we know it'll be like the last 50 years never happened. In this world, in this war, the only person who will remember it is you. No, it doesn't. No, I can't roll with it because it's the core concept of the movie. (laughs) Okay, but... It would be like if the Back to the Future car, if they didn't even try to explain how it went back in time. The science doesn't have to work, but you have to explain how it works. True. Even (laughs) if it's pseudoscience. Like, the the radioactivity lets the flux capacitor, this thing means nothing. (laughs) When it hits this specific speed, it goes back in time. And it's like, this girl can walk through walls. When she puts her hand on your head, she'll send you back in time. (laughs) What? It fucking doesn't matter, nerds. Look, Wolverine's flexing. Yeah. So that that's a huge mistake in the movie for sure. But otherwise, yeah. I think everything else is really good. It was cool to see Magneto like working with the X Men, just like in the comic. Not just like, but you know, yeah. it's the same kind of thing. I, for me, the but only the Sentinels. Yeah, the movie, that was the only I thing I liked about amazing. it was the Sentinel scenes. Everything the, the else I could do with Sentinels were yeah. like crazy scary. I'm I'm not sure but, how Mystique's powers make him work like that. The rogue cut makes yeah. way more fucking oh, sense. Oh, for sure. Way more sense. <laughs> but the '70s Sentinels looked like actual Sentinels, and I, I kind of loved. They looked well, like proto Sentinels, right? Proto like shitty Sentinels. But it was cool. It was really yeah. cool. They did some. It good just stuff. Go, it just it's so so Fox. Like yeah. it, they, we got seven movies called X Men, and not one time did we get a single Sentinel on screen that looked like a fucking Sentinel. Right. Yeah, you we get got kind like, of a tease of we it. We like the X-Men Lego movie. version in the '70s, yeah. and then like this weird nightmare version, which again is cool. They're cool. Yeah, they're very cool. Yeah. But they they're absorb, not like the powers of all yeah, the things. Yeah, they're, they're almost they're they're more they're like similar nanotech. to Nimrods. They're more similar to they Nimrods, Nimrods, but they're yeah. they don't look anything like a Nimrod. They don't yeah. talk. Yeah, they're not like Nimrods. They're no. just Sentinels. But no. it's a weird thing. But it's yeah. not in a bad way. It works for that, right? Yeah. So I'll say like my biggest problem with the movie as an adaptation is it's a shitty adaptation. <laughs> I hear you. But I hear you. as its own thing, yeah, it's a fun, dumb movie. Sure. 
right? With yeah. some really cool action scenes in it. Two different casts. And That's the appeal of it Yeah, to it's me. a crossover of it's, two series, yeah, basically. It, yeah, a essentially cool within the same franchise, the... it's like a crossover and amongst franchises. And it's weird how it works. It's it shouldn't a, it's have It's a worked. unique thing. Yeah, it's and There's nothing unique. else like it. Yeah, yeah. And it's got, anyway. like I said, it's got some really cool stuff in it. I'm not shitting on it. Like, the Quicksilver scene's great. Oh, yeah. The, all the Sentinel stuff is great. But none of that's from the comics, But all the, like, and the Magneto with the stadium is cool as shit. Oh, it's awesome. But the ending's dumb. Yeah, it, is. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, neither ending makes any sense. Mutant and proud. Um, so. Yeah. But and, did... Oh, wait. No, that was the next movie, yeah. wasn't it? No, wait. The, the scene at the end. Was that... Which one? Was that from Apocalypse where they're all suited up? And that's Apocalypse. Ah, that's Apocalypse. Yeah, no, no. The, the ending of cool this one shot. was Wolverine in the X-Men 3 timeline that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, that was kind of cool. because It was un- they the undid one. X-Men 3. To me, this is the end of the timeline. Logan's its own thing. Logan, to me, good. is the ending of the timeline if Days didn't have... If yes, the, it's the, it's the, it's busted the dark timeline. timeline. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's Days of Future Past happens because of time travel shenanigans, because yes. of the first class shenanigans, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, if you don't... If, if the reboot didn't happen... Yes. And you watch X Men one, two, and three, and then the Wolverine, then just go straight to Logan. It makes sense. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow, yeah. this is a depressing, shit shitty franchise yeah. with a really poignant emotional ending right. that it didn't earn. Right. But I do like the happy ending that Days of Future Past gave us, if that makes sense. Yeah, it gives those characters a happy ending, yeah. which is nice. Although we will see uh, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey yeah. in Deadpool three. Yeah. <laughs> and Wolverine's in the costume. I'm so excited. Which means the others will be in their costumes I'm too. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. The just the shots from paparazzi yeah. look amazing. Yeah. The costume looks great. And Red and blue. Red and blue. No. Well, oh, the yellow and blue. Yellow and blue. I'm Dead, sorry. Deadpool's costume looks even better too. Yeah. Because they, it's more rich red. It looks yes. more like the comics. Like it, they get, they took the be... most comic accurate suit and made it more comic it's accurate. It's gonna be amazing. Wolverine's suit looks phenomenal. I don't know if he's gonna have the mask or not, but if he does, it'll look cool. Yeah. yeah. And I bet, I bet mm-hmm. Cyclops has the '90s. Oh yeah. Bandolier they thing going it. on. They got it. It's gonna be dope. Okay, too. so so someone pointed out that what they're doing is like in in uh, what was it? Doctor Strange two. Uh, Xavier looked like the animated series, like 92 version or whatever, with this floating wheelchair, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. I think they're kind of going for like the look of the, was it the 92 X-Men, you know, the blue and yellow, like yeah. that iconic look. So I have a feeling we might actually see the other characters dressed up like their 90s counterparts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I know. I just think yeah. it's really cool. Oh, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to see what they do with it. Sure. I'm a little worried that it's like a writer strike movie now. Oh man! But yeah, they're they, they, they're, they've officially though, so. put it on. They've paused production until they the have. strikes are over. Yeah. So well, that, hey, that makes I, me I a lot happier. I yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. Uh, it's I honestly, not be, it was, it's not going to be a quantum of souls. So we're like, we'll just make it. No, anyways. well, that's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. They were filming it during the writer's strike. Right, Even though Ryan Reynolds was like, please don't do this. Yeah. And now they've decided, like, once the screen well, actors, the actors go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So once that happened, it's like, oh, dude, thank fuck God. those producers, man. They don't yeah. do all the work, you know. It's they Disney, make bro. all the money, but they don't do shit. Yeah, you know, they make all, all the bad decisions that the everyone execs, else has to fix. The execs fix. can yeah. eat a dick. Yeah, so let's make three more Jurassic Park movies. I'm okay waiting if that's what it takes, because you know, fucking justice, man. Yeah, justice for writers. And slow, make take time to make it good. Don't yeah, ru- don't yeah, rush exactly. don't rush something like that. Right. Make it yeah, good. Yeah. So all right. Between Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past, they're both very different stories. Do you have a preference between the two? With the comics, Dark Phoenix all the way. Like, this is one of the most epic storylines in comics. It's a central reading. 
This is it's the most essential reading. I would say these are probably the two. Like, if you want someone to know X Men, these yeah. are the two. The Claremont. Right? I would personally add Grant Morrison the first two volumes of New X Men. New X Men's great. Uh, e for Extinction and Imperial. Yeah. Which has the Shi'ar Imperial Guard That's attacking right. the X Mansion. This, that built uh, off of that. Joss Whedon's Astonishing X Men. Astonishing X Men. And Jonathan Hickman's House of X and Powers of X. For sure. For sure. Uh, which you have not read yet. Which. No, I haven't. I, I will. Haven't. I will fix. Well, yeah, it re- redefine. So, so those so, those three runs I mentioned because they redefined the X Men for their era. Yeah. Um, even though Astonishing came just a few years after New X Men, it right. completely redefined it again. Yeah. Uh, but, but other than those three guys, and there's, you know, instead of doing a, a creator spotlight, let me just give you a few recommended readings sure, here. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, if you want classic old school X Men. Mm. Uh, original X-Men, the Stan and Jack stuff, as sacrilegious as it sounds, is really for completionists only. It is. It was the like first issue's great, I think. Yes. It's iconic. But it was like, as much as as many amazing concepts come out of it, and I'm talking about the Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, yeah. the Mastermind, the Juggernaut, Sentinels, yeah. the Savage Land, like, all kinds of stuff came from those guys. It just doesn't quite hit the way that like Aven- even Avengers which wasn't very good early on right. the Stan yeah, and Jack on Avengers team books took a while to find its foot it's weird because Stan and Jack are most famous for FF which is a team book but it was really so, a family book right but when you had everybody in all these costumes doing shit it didn't seem to be Jack's thing uh, yeah. so I would say if you're if you really care about that start with uh the Claremont, the Giant Size X Men number one, which isn't Claremont, but it's it's crucial it reading. Builds. It's the the yeah. the introduction of Storm, Colossus, and it's, Nightcrawler, and then uh, the introduction of Wolverine to the X Men books, even though he'd been in Marvel for a little while. That's right. As well as two other characters who had been villains in X Men: Sunfire and Banshee. Yeah. And then introducing Thunderbird, who they just brought back, which is oh awesome. really? Yeah. He's back. Everybody's awesome. back because the X Men conquered death. Oh. They they resurrect mutants now because yeah, they figured out a way to. That. It's yeah. awesome. It, it's a House of X. It's great. Real it quick, starts with the resurrection. That's quick, how the story starts. Quick note about uh, Giant Size X Men. The one of the cool things about that book is it made the team like really diverse because prior to that, you know, like we know that the X Men kind of represent minorities and all that, but having them like actually have actual minorities on the team made it so much more effective i think you know what i mean absolutely Stor- and it was like a global team because you had storm for a- from africa wolverines from canada thunderbirds native american so it was like it was really nightcrawler's cool. german nightcrawler's Boston's german russian yeah this so is irish it was it was it reminded me of like tos star trek you know like like that classic like let's put all these people from different cultures together and see how they get along you know so that was cool you know i agree yeah I, it was I a think- cool element uh, so yeah, and then uh, that that giant size X Men is introducing the new characters while they're on a mission to rescue the OG characters. Yes. Yeah. So you're uh, by the end of the story, there's a famous line: Iceman says, "What the heck are we gonna do with 14 X Men?" Yeah. <laughs> and so the solution was the old guys were leaving, and the new guys came in. So right. I would recommend. And it's if, funny looking back. 14 was a big number. Like there's so many X Men characters. Well, now. yeah. Hundreds. There's literally hundreds. Yeah, now. they're yeah. like Pokemon, dude. <laughs> So I would recommend the Claremont books. Get like the epic collections or whatever, but really all of it from like issue 90 to like 280. Everything I've read from Claremont, especially Claremont and John Byrne but are great. particularly these two stories. Yeah. Um, I would also say the Proteus saga, which precedes Dark Phoenix. Um, I would say once John Byrne leaves and Paul Smith comes in, um, I can't remember the collection, but issue 175 is my single favorite issue of, of, really? of X-Men. Nice. Um, 
Then you get to the around issue 200, the John Romita Jr. run, which has some really great stuff. But uh, while uh, Mark Silvestri does some stuff in the early 90s, it's really good. But really where it, it picks up that everybody kind of thinks when they think X-Men is when Jim Lee joins the book. Right. Um, that was, so then you go to Mutant Genesis, which collects the series that Jim Lee and Chris Claremont launched in 91, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of set the stage for 90s X-Men books. Oh, yeah. And that's iconic. There's books. a few crossovers in that era I would recommend. Fall of the Mutants is a good one. Sure. That's where um, we are introduced to Archangel. Oh, yeah. And then we With get the metal wings. Yeah, you point? get yeah. the Mutant Massacre, okay. which is um, where the we, we meet Mr. Sinister's marauders and they go murdering all these mutants that live in the sewer, and Angel gets his wings all fucked up, which leads yeah. to the creation of Archangel. Uh, I would recommend the Executioner Saga, which I did an episode on. Yeah. And then I would probably skip ahead, unless you're a real completionist, the generation uh, of Felix Convent story has a really interesting segment to it. It's a three, it's like three different stories in one crossover that don't really sure. tie in together other than they have the same villains. Okay. Uh, and one of those stories is great, and the other two are totally forgettable. What about Age of Apocalypse? Age of Apocalypse, I, again, did an episode on that. I highly recommend that. It's a big chunk of books to read. Oh, yeah. But it's really good. Uh, then I, I would skip ahead to those those Grant Morrison books. Um, I would also recommend Mike Carey's X-Men Legacy. Really underrated book, especially if you're a big Magneto fan or Rogue fan, because they're like the main characters. I love me some Magneto, dude. That's my his, guy. He's, Mike Carey is the most underrated X-Men writer ever. Yeah. He writes the best Rogue probably ever. That's awesome. Um, Ed Brubaker did a really cool 12-issue arc called The Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire, which ties into kind of what we're talking about today. Mm. Really highly recommend Whedon's Astonishing X Men. I know it's Joss really Whedon's good. kind of a piece of shit, but yeah. if you like X Men, this is a love letter to X Men, and it creates new shit and has some of the biggest jaw dropping X Men moments ever. Like, has, holy fuck! You know? Yeah, Cyclops is amazing in that yeah. storyline. But one of my favorite things about it is Wolverine. Yes, I think Wolverine so he's, really because well. he's used sparingly. sparingly. Yeah, and he has a it's great line where he's they've been through some shit and Kitty asks him like. Uh, can I do anything to help you? And he just goes, are you a beer? Yes, it's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. panels ever. I yeah, love it. it's so relatable. Um, so great. And then um, um, I would, I would. God, there's so much. The yeah, I'm just trying to think lot. just X-Men and not like X-Factor and X-Force and stuff because there's a whole other. Sure. Um, but yeah, I and would Wolverine's say. Wolverine's his own thing Wolverine's too. Wolverine's his own yeah. thing too, yeah. 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 Uh, but then I would say the, the trilogy of Messiah Complex, Messiah War, and Second Coming okay. is Peak X Men. House of M is important. I was about to say House of M is pretty um, good, isn't it? And then you can pretty after Second Coming, you could probably skip all the way ahead to Jonathan Hickman's the current Krakoa era. And there isn't a book in the Krakoa era I don't recommend. Um, they're I, all fucking great. I've heard nothing but good things. I just haven't read them. It's yet. a complete reinvention of the X, which is cool. I think it needed that from the ground know? up. Because I mean, the con- I think the I think the canon got so convoluted, so they had to do something new. It really hasn't been for a very long time though, because well, they, they, they've been right. worked very hard for the they last twenty years yeah. since Morrison's new X Men. They've right. streamlined the shit out of it. Yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. So that and then of course you know instead of artist writer spotlight, I would just like to say for this particular episode, Chris Claremont. Uh, the greatest, one of the greatest writers in the history of Marvel, you know, Wolverine, New Mutants, X-Factor, uh, Uncanny X-Men, He's X-Men, great. Fantastic Four, Excalibur. Yeah. Uh, he worked on some DC stuff. It's you know. easy to take him for granted. You know? Just amazing. Yeah. And he's worked with like all the best artists. Like he's a great writer. And He's then John a nice Byrne dude. Was a great I, I got artist. some stuff signed by him once. My Dark Phoenix saga right here is signed by yeah. him. I think, actually, I want to say Are they my, both? 
My Days of Future Past? Nope, just Dark Phoenix. Uh, oh. My my Wolverine with Frank Miller is signed by him, too. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I, there was a couple books I wanted to piggyback off of real yeah. quick. For me, I, all of those, of course, yes. I also want to mention Ultimate X-Men, because I think there's some of those storylines that were really good, especially when I was first getting into it. That first Ultimate X-Men storyline was great. Oh, the Tomorrow People. The Tomorrow great People. The way they used Magneto as like a terrorist yes. was fucking terrifying. Cyclops is great in it. Jean Grey was great. Like all the characters were really well done, but it was like a modern approach. And then on top of that, the way they introduced Wolverine, he was a bastard. He, he literally was hired by Magneto as an assassin to murder Professor Xavier. That was a really interesting way to introduce Wolverine, you know? He infiltrates the team. He's a total dick the entire time. Oh, he's, he's he, a total piece of shit. Yeah, like, he, he's after Jean Grey, you know, like, he gets you into... Find out he seduces Jean, who's a young girl. She's, like, 18. She's, yeah. She's, just to drive a wedge yeah. between her and Cyclops and to get Cyclops to quit the team. Right. So Xavier's protection is gone. Right. Because he doesn't want to deal with Cyclops. Yeah. And then later when they when Cyclops reveals he's not dead and he tells the X-Men what Wolverine did, yeah. he one-shots Wolverine. Right. And puts him in a coma. Nearly kills him, yeah. <laughs> uh, they did some really interesting things. Uh, some of the storylines weren't great, but I, it was one of those books I stuck with for a while. And I remember there just being some really interesting stuff. Like the second, I think the second volume was, uh, it was like the Weapon X stuff. They did, so, they made some weird choices, but I actually really liked how they handled the uh, Wolverine Sabretooth stuff. There were some pretty badass fights between the two. It got like really fucking serious at one point. So one of the stories I recommended, The Mutant Massacre, mm -hmm. the most famous section of that isn't Angel getting crippled, which is big right. time famous. Sure. It's, this is the first on quote unquote on screen or on panel. Yeah. Wolverine Sabretooth fight. Oh, okay. Now through dialogue, we realize they know each other. Yeah. But in that first uh, encounter, it's the best fight they've ever had. Yeah. Uh, Alan Davis drew the living shit out of it. Nice. And like the action flows so well. You can see what every action is. Yeah. They're biting each other. They're clawing the shit out of it. It's bloody. It looks so painful. Yeah. And Sabretooth beats his ass. And they establish that Sabretooth is a bigger, yeah. faster, stronger, meaner Wolverine who heals faster. He's scary, especially and in those early books. They've nerfed him because like, like Batman in the 2000s, Wolverine in the 90s couldn't lose to anybody. Right. Because he was Wolverine. Right. <laughs> Uh, so they he beat up people they had no business beating up. You know? For sure, for that sure. In the '80s, he would have got the shit kicked out of him fighting. Definitely, um, like the Hulk. Yeah, you know. Uh, but it was always, I thought that was always interesting. And if, if you only ever read one fight between those guys, yeah. read that one. Yeah. And then if you want to see like what the '90s did to Sabretooth, read yeah. the Ultimate X Men one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, it is kind of, it is very 90s, isn't that's, it? That's yeah. the result of the 90s on Sabretooth, is yeah. that version of him. Yeah, totally, I could see that. He's like the cartoon. <laughs> you got that right, bub. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, he's a little bit. very much like the big jacked up. Like, he's Arr! massive, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a monster. And he gets four claws in He gets hand, four claws. And adamantium teeth. Yeah, it was, it was cheesy, but it was kind of cool I at the time. I liked it. it I liked, like, it was I, a different take. I know? don't love when they try to make, like, Wolverine's a more badass saber tooth. Because, yeah. like, your villains should be more, like, scarier than your hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like if you have a guy that Wolverine is scared of, yeah, and Chris Claremont and later Larry Hammond did a lot of legwork to make sure that was the case. That was for sure immediately undone by a bunch of idiots. Unfortunately, but I always like you know 
it's not cool to me when the flash is faster than the reverse flash. Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Lex Luthor has to be smarter than Superman on Sunday. Yes, you're right. His yeah. ego gets in the way. Or totally. His or his greed. Yeah, exactly. His human failings get in the way. Definitely. And, and That's you, a good point. If, 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 you know, if Superman was smarter than Lex in every way, it would just like he's zero threat. Yeah. So if Wolverine's faster, stronger, meaner, claws, better healing factor, yeah. way more bad, then what is Sabretooth? For sure. He's just a knockoff Wolverine running around? Like, who yeah. fucking cares? <laughs> yeah, you no, know? totally. It means if somebody beats him, it means nothing for them, and it just keeps making him look like shit. For Which sure. is why in the 80s, when Sabretooth showed up, like, in X-Factor, he, like, crippled Archangel and fucked yeah. him up. He even fucked up Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely. And Spider-Man beat all the X-Men in Secret Wars. Yeah. Including Wolverine. <laughs> totally. So, you know, it, it's, I, you know, I guess it's wood beats water, water beats fire, fire beats wood. Definitely. Uh, but so I, I recommend that story for, for that fight. For well, sure. I'll yeah. That fight was that great. Out, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, so a couple other books real quick. Uh, I think we mentioned this earlier, but um, what was it? All new X-Men, which was like a few years back. Brian Bendis. Uh, yeah. It was a Brian Bendis storyline. I actually really dug it. It was um, kind of like. What if the original X Men were in today? Well, yeah, like modern the beast, day. The beast. So Beast disagreed with everything Cyclops was doing. Yeah. And so Beast, being the piece of shit that he is, yeah. time traveled back to when they were all teenagers. That's right. Kidnapped their past selves to bring them into the present. <laughs> he said yeah. so that he could show, like, have them talk sense into Cyclops. Yeah. But really, what he was doing is he wanted to bring Gene to the present and rub into Cyclops's face what like how quote unquote far he's fallen yeah. by making him see where he's at through Gene's eyes. Right. And that's dirty fucking pool. Right. And if I were Scott, I still wouldn't have forgiven Hank, but Hank's now a villain basically. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so, well, and the thing is Cyclops was basically a villain at that point in the comics. Well, sort of. He's an anti-hero. Kind of. He, he was mutants were on the verge of extinction and then they weren't because of his actions. Right. Because of him. Yeah. And the Avengers were wrong and Wolverine mm. was wrong and he was right. Right. And he was like, I'm fucking right. And now there's new mutants being born and I'm not going to be sitting here in a <laughs> yeah. human prison while they're all killed by sentinels and shit. Yeah. And so he knew he couldn't kind of like his, uh, the old X-Men because they were all Wolverine's ass. Yeah. So he recruited like Magneto and Emma Frost and Magic. Yeah. And they went and saved a bunch of kids from Sentinels and S.H.I.E.L.D. and shit like that. It was and a great story. He was like a revolutionary. He yeah. was on t-shirts. He was yeah. all over the news. He was... For sure. You know, mute kids are wearing shirts that in, the, in, our, in the new X-Men age. The, the teens at the time in the Marvel comics, you'd see them in all these books around Marvel continuity wearing shirts that Magneto was right. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's right. Sentinels destroyed Genosha. Yeah, like exactly. Mutants got killed. Pretty horrifying. So in the post Avengers vs. X-Men continuity, when you see yeah. Cyclops on TV, like standing up to the Avengers and standing up to Sentinels and S.H.I.E.L.D. and all this shit. Yeah. All you see all these disenfranchised people, all in random Hulk book, random Iron Man book, background, Cyclops is right. T right. Yeah. So there's like a revolutionary figure. I which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Now, some of the X-Men might have disagreed. Right. But other ones wouldn't. Yeah. You know, and they weren't all villains on his team. They just started off that way. Totally. Uh, the other one would be Avengers vs X Men, and there's a there's a spinoff book called AVX, which is just the fights. A, a plus X. A plus X. I'm oh, no, sorry. A, is it, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, A plus X or a, no? It a, was. I'm sorry. Was, that was a set, that was a follow up series. Oh, okay. Teaming them up. It was AVX versus. Right. That's what it was. The versus yeah, the book. Versus, it was and it was just, just like, the fights, each and there was she was split into two fights. Yeah. 
So like Gambit versus Captain America was a really good. There were some good ones, man. Gambit changes uh, Cap's uniform, and his uniform blows up on his body. Right. Yeah. Like the smoke. There's like this big cloud of smoke, and Gambit's like talking shit, and then mm-hmm. the smoke clears, and Cap's still standing, and Gambit's like, "Oh, balls." Yeah. <laughs> I want to say one of them was um, Magneto versus uh, Iron, Man. Iron Man, which yeah. is great. That was a good match. Uh, Mike Carey's X Men Legacy has one of those the best things there, where the Avengers send uh, She Hulk, Moon Knight, and I think Falcon. To the X Men's, yeah. like to the, right to the edge of the property. Yeah, yeah. And the X Men have made it very clear, like if you come one foot over this line, like it's an act of war, and we'll yeah. fuck you up. Totally. And so it's like Rogue and Frenzy and like one or two others versus Moon Knight and She Hulk and Falcon. Yeah. And then like a remote controlled Iron Man suit. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Moon Knight or Rogue versus She Hulk is pretty great. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. And then the last one I want to mention because there's so many good X Men books. But Schism, I know I'm going backwards That's because a good one. because that was oh, Wolverine and the X Men's a good one. Too. Wolverine the X Men's gr- is great, uh, but yeah, Schism kind of led into AVX, and then AVX led into uh, well, yeah, all yeah. new X Men. So there's a lot of good stuff. Yes, the X Men continuity can be convoluted for new readers sometimes, but if you go with these essentials, I think you'll you'll enjoy them for sure. Go over to our blog where you should check us out at ComicZombie.net. Yep. Uh, we'll have an essential reading article. Yep. linked right right after the link to this episode and that will uh, have a, a list of all the recommended reading that we've given you here and probably a couple other ones too for sure and before we wrap up I want to do one more thing I wanted to, we were talking about this before the recording but do do you ever want to see them try to adapt the dark Phoenix saga again what's your opinion on that do you want to see it in the MCU no no okay. I don't. if we get if we ever get another long form x-men animated series mm. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I, would be a I cool way to mind seeing an updated version. I know we're getting X-Men 97, and I'm very sure. happy for that. It looks great. That show's already done that story. Yeah. So they're not going to do it again. No, that would be weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, for okay, so for me, I wouldn't mind them attempting Dark Phoenix again, but I feel like it's going to be a while. Because, first of all, we haven't even had the X-Men proper yet. No. Like, we're not even there yet. So I'm thinking, like, Phase 10, if they even get to it. But I, think I we'll feel get like... we'll a full reboot before that. Yeah. Oh. So we'll get... I don't want another reboot. Oh. Okay, so horror. maybe they recast them or something. No, yeah, it would be, I'm saying like a, maybe after Secret Wars, even. like a soft reboot. Yeah, where like the universe is remade. And now sure, like I'd be Stark's okay with. Back a lot. Yeah, like, I'd be okay with that. Books. And now he's Tom Cruise. No, yeah, <laughs> that'd no, be weird. Too much younger. No, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, I, I don't think we'll see it after Secret Wars. But maybe after the the third uh, saga. I would love. To to see them do like an Avengers vs X Men type storyline, not necessarily yeah. that storyline, but I think they I could settle for me. I don't. I'm so tired of hearing the verses. Yeah. It's been done to death. I feel like if you're gonna do one more, that's the one to do, though. But I would just settle for having the classic misunderstanding fight for half a scene. Sure. Realize we're on the same side. Begrudging team up. Yeah. Shit talking. One or two members find friends on the other team. The end. Totally. Like classic superhero comic book formula. There's yeah. a reason it's been used a million times. It fucking works. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to explore character and have a cool little bit where like they get to fight for a minute. And it like peaks like, oh, that was cool. And like yeah. the FF and the X-Men fought for just a minute. Like and a scene. To see like the Human Torch versus Storm or whatever. Yeah. Like Good point. You know, or I guess Human Torch versus Iceman is probably the one. Yeah, that'd be but, cool. Yeah. But that kind of thing I think would be cool. I don't need an AVX movie for the love of God. <laughs> the marketing though, dude. The marketing. Yeah, fuck that. The marketing for It Batman would make all Superman. the money. 
but Batman versus Superman should have been Batman and Superman. It didn't deliver, Not though. Not Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But and Avengers shouldn't be Avengers versus X-Men. It should be Avengers and X-Men. So, or do what the comics do yeah. and have that one team that's half and half and called the Uncanny Avengers. That'd be amazing. That was a good comic, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, and one other thing. So even, even if we don't get the Dark Phoenix saga again, I feel like in a weird way, Phase 4 kind of gave us something similar. Because Wanda? Wanda, yeah, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, her storyline actually mirrored it, the It's Phoenix. similar in that we saw a hero fall from grace and yeah. that she was uber-powerful. Yeah. You have... No idea just how reasonable I've been. Yeah. Book of the Damned, calling yourself a witch, conjuring creatures to abduct a kid. I don't exactly call that being reasonable. Sending those creatures after her instead of myself was mercy. And in spite of your hypocrisies and insults, I have begged you to safely get out of my way. You have exhausted my patience. But I do hope you understand. That even now, what's about to happen? This is me being reasonable. And at the end, sacrificed herself to, in her case, destroy the most corrupting thing in the universe, right. in every universe. Yeah, in the multiverse. So yeah. she she really went out a hero if if she's actually dead. For right? sure. It seems that way. Yeah, I think um, I think I'd be okay with them ending her storyline there. I would too, know? but I would also be fine if they brought her back because I love Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, I mean she's great, but I feel like if they bring her back, it'll probably be a different universe version. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll maybe. see. We'll see. It's yeah. eh, who knows. Right. Yeah, I think rather obviously there's some differences because it wasn't absolute power situation with one, although she did, did have Oh yeah, it. she was OP. She, she was made vulnerable to corruption by the events of Endgame, Infinity yeah. War, and, well, really Infinity War, but right. in WandaVision. In WandaVision. A yeah, lot of trauma. Was... Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and WandaVision, and it's Civil War. Trauma, Civil trauma, War. trauma, Her trauma, trauma. The storyline is trauma. And then at, the, Ultron, at the end of yeah. WandaVision, she basically takes in more power than she's ever had and gets access to, like, all these magic artifacts she doesn't yeah. quite the dark hold. maybe maybe the dark fear hold. enough yeah. and so she starts reading the dark hold yeah. and anybody who read marvel comics when they saw she was reading that was like oh that's so bad yeah, well shit not good that is so bad that's like if you're a dc fan you see somebody has an anti-life equation yeah if you're not a dc fan you're like what the fuck does that mean yeah. but if you're a dc fan you're like well might as well start shitting my pants now <laughs> yeah exactly because something real bad's about to happen and, and that's it was, it was still shocking though halfway through doctor strange 2 when it turns out she's the main villain like that i'm glad you kept waiting for something to show like they were manipulated was like no yeah. she's just corrupted yeah i'm glad they dark committed. magic has ruined her i'm glad they committed to it though because yeah. it was great that's yeah. one of my favorite movies in the mcu actually it's really good uh all right well i think that's about all the time we have for today so so again uh go and check us out over at comiczombie.net you can find Eric over at epicfails.com, E-P-I-K fails. You can also find uh, our podcast over at Epic Fails of History. Yeah, check us out over at the Super Switch Club. we got some episodes coming out. And then um, also be sure to check out the um, uh, Podcasters Assemble episodes for Indiana Jones. You can find that and all the other shows we mentioned, as well as this one, over at probablywork.com. You can also find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and Twitter under comic zombie of course at twitter it's comic zombie and then the number two yeah so thanks again for joining us everybody eric thanks for uh hanging out and talking x-men always fun man 
And uh, until next time, same copyright infringement time, same copyright infringement channel. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.